What if instead of sending your clients a report as a PDF from QuickBooks, you could invite them to a suite of interactive reports where they can drill down on any number, gain insights, and easily communicate with you about any report, account, total, or even an individual transaction? What if you could do this for free? Stay tuned to hear more from our sponsor, Digits, later in the episode. And that is what I hate about big firms. And that is what I hate about corporate America. It's inhuman. It is dehumanizing. Nobody should work for a company like that. We, they should not exist. And I'm so glad that there is this talent shortage right now because it's forcing companies like that to reckon with what they've been doing, the way they've been treating people. Coming to you weekly from the OnPay Recording Studio, this is the Cloud Accounting Podcast. Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I'm Blake Oliver. And I'm David Leary. David, it is Sunday, April 17th, day before the deadline. And this is the fifth time I think I've rescheduled this episode with you. (laughs) Well, you're not in your normal recording studio in Tucson. Where are you? No, I'm in a little hotel room. They call it a... Micro social hotel, or whatever the hell this place is called. <laughs> oh, like like how small is it? I've been in, I've been okay. to some pretty small ones. Well, considering I'm in Dallas, Texas, <laughs> it's extremely small. I thought everything was bigger in Texas. Like there's not even a headboard like on the bed. <laughs> it's just up against the wall. Like so, when I used to fly up to San Francisco once a month to go meet with my company uh, when I was working in tech. I stayed at these micro hotels. Um, I forget actually what it was called, but it was like literally just you walk in, the entryway is the bathroom. And then that's actually the first floor area. And then you would go up a little loft and the loft would be the bed. And it was... Oh, that's super teeny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I actually, you know, if you're not claustrophobic, they're kind of fun. And they do have high ceilings because of that, at least this this type. But I'm, I'm a fan of the micro hotels. Like I don't, if I can save money by staying there, then I do it. Well, in general, I just need a bed and a shower. Yeah. But occasionally I need a desk. So like today I needed a desk and they don't really have a desk or a chair. So I had a, I took the the luggage rack thing in, stacked it up on the bed. Uh, I set up a desk on that. I've never done a capsule hotel. I really do want to try that at some point. Go to Japan and do a capsule hotel. I feel like my kids would be into that. Like each have our own little bed, little silo. So you're in Dallas. What are you doing in Dallas? My daughter has a volleyball tournament, so there's, uh, I think, 1,800 teams. It's uh, over two weekends. It's in uh, two weekends in Dallas and one weekend in Austin. Now, we're only here for this age division here, but that's a lot of volleyball. Wow. <laughs> it is. How many have you been to a lot of games? They have like 100 courts. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. That's and great. so then they, they play round of three, then next they play round of three, then they get an elimination bracket today. And so... Yeah, so I've rescheduled on you three times because I'm like, oh, they got games again. And I'm actually missing a game right now because I was like, I can't reschedule again, you know. (laughs) Well, just imagine if if you were in tax, David, you wouldn't have been able to go. Exactly. And so So. I think, Blake, I want to say, like, I'm thankful for you. I just want to, like, get that out there. And I'm thankful for, like, all of tax Twitter, all of accountants. My accountant sent me an email Friday night at 1 (laughs) a.m. to clarify a couple things for my extension. Right? Yep. You guys are just like, it's amazing like how much work accounts and bookkeepers are having to do to meet deadlines. And then you can see it on tax Twitter, right? Everybody's yep. kind of in that same boat. But you're almost done. You can almost there. done. Did you, did you file your extensions? Are you on top uh, of well, it? I, I am in a similar situation. I am communicating with my tax advisor over the weekend to get it filed. So expect to do that any moment. Do you need CPE? Now you can get free continuing professional education credit for listening to this show. Visit earmarkcpe.com to get started, or search for Earmark CPE in the App Store or Google Play. It's free to join and free to earn CPE. So should we talk about a little bit of tax news? Or I saw an article anyway related to tax season. This is from our friend of the show, Ed Mendlowitz. The headline is, Energizing Staff for Last-Minute Returns. Tips from Ed's long career in public accounting. 
Please tell me buy pizza for the staff is on his list. Uh, Pizza is not, but ice cream is. So if you're looking to mix up your food-based perks in your office, Ed suggests bringing in ice cream sundaes in the afternoon. One time, we told the staff to have their spouses bring their young kids to the office, and we had a clown there for half an hour to entertain them. Ed also liked to walk around the office with magic tricks for the staff, and some of the tricks would really stump them. I guess Ed is into magic, which I I also was into that. I had a phase that I went through where I even I even performed a magic show for money for like a kid's birthday party. I I, I think Brex at their uh their booth at all the conferences last year had a magician standing there. <laughs> they did, and it was it was pretty good, right? Yeah. We had a masseuse come to the office in the afternoons, and each person got a ten or fifteen minute shoulder and upper back rub. I like that one a lot. That's a great perk. The nice thing about that, it forces you to stop what you're doing. Because if you get your ice cream, you can sit right back, take your desk, and keep working as you eat your ice cream. That's like, true. You, you you truly take a 10-minute break if you get the little shoulder massage. We would send flowers or a plant to the spouses or partners of staff and dolls or teddy bears to their children. That's good. Send it on their behalf, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you won't be seeing your, your significant other or your parents for the next yeah. two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully yeah, this teddy bear will do. A card, send them a cardboard cutout of their <laughs> that's what, yeah. of their significant other. They also would give tax-free cash gifts on the evening of April 15th. So like as you go out the door on the evening of April 15th, here's a hundred dollar bill. I think that's nice. Cash cash is great. Yeah. That and, and a bottle of whiskey or something. Too. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Closing the day after tax season ended. I don't understand that one exactly. Oh, I think a lot of people just, yeah, you, you shut your office for the next oh, seven days. Or for the next week, yeah. I think that makes sense. That. that makes sense. Definitely don't book client meetings for the week after, right? Yeah. Or an offsite for your employees or, yeah. Yeah. You want, let, let everybody rest for sure. This, I here, saw, here's a, before you go on to the next story, I just had to, this is a good one. One time to have a little fun, I made believe the giant paper cutter that I used a lot cut my tie in half. The staff noticed after I yelled some inappropriate words about it, and some of the staff couldn't stop laughing for quite a while. What I did was pre-cut the tie so it was a clean cut. A month later, the staff presented me with that tie in a framed box, which hung in my office for years. It probably was a lot. It probably was fun working for Ed, right? You know. Well, the, the important thing is is putting in effort, right? He's putting mm-hmm. in effort. He's showing it. He, he he's trying. He, he's trying exactly, and that's ninety nine percent of it, right? It's showing just, he cares. Try. Yeah. Um, I think I saw somebody on Twitter said they were rewarding themselves. There, I said they're at the time of tax season where every time they type one piece of data entry into a field, they get to eat one M M&M. and M. They get to eat one M and M. I like. Yeah. <laughs> so you said it's kind it's of good. motivation or energy, which I thought was kind of interesting. That's kind of how I work. Where I'll give myself a small task, maybe a fifteen minute task, and I'll say at the end of this, if I get this done, if I work really efficiently, I can go like get a coffee. I don't know if you saw this. There is one firm that didn't have to motivate their employees because apparently the labor shortage caused them not to have any. And oh, yeah? they just pulled the plug last week and sent clients a letter that just says tough shit. I did hear about this because this was a listener tip that we got. Would you like to hear the email? Do you want to do the email or do you want me to set the table of a year ago? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yes, I jumped the gun on that. So we talked about this firm. So yeah, set the, set the stage. Yeah. So last March, whenever it was, and I've tried to search our show notes and I couldn't find it and maybe I'm not searching good enough, but I swear we talked about this. So there's a, an accounting firm, Osidon, O-S-I-D-O-N, and they are out of South Africa. They expanded to the US. So this article is March 1st, 2021. So we're going back almost exactly 12 months ago, right? Mm-hmm. Almost exactly a year. It's an accounting firm that was started in South Africa, and basically it was driven by the founders. Um, it's Henny Fiera and his wife Melissa. They didn't like the support and service they had from their own accountants, so they started this firm. Classic, st- classic story we hear a lot when we get tech people coming into accounting yeah. to start accounting firms. And I don't know if they were tech or not. That I'm not. I'm not sure about. So they launched a firm, and then it was doing okay. And then they opened up in Austin, their Austin U.S. headquarters, and they made that the headquarters of the whole entire company. 
right? And yeah. goes to, still from the article last, you know, March, Osidin uses the latest AI and cloud technologies to build a digital accountant. Accounting functions are executed by an intelligent system while clients are assigned a human US-based accountant to assist with other services such as consulting, advising, and continuous support. So again, it's like, hey, we got some people, we got some tech, and because of that, we're going to be like super efficient. Right? Yeah. And the headline in the like announcement, the original PR announcement back in 2021, is pretty ambitious. World's first online digital accountant expands to USA. Oh, wow. The first online digital accountant. Amazing. Yeah. And, and so they, and they said, at its core, Osiden is a tech company using the latest technology to develop groundbreaking software systems with automation comes efficiency and affordability on a grand scale. And, and I'm stressing these things from the press release because we'll get into what happened eight to 10 days ago. They were featured in Entrepreneur, how Osiden has gone from startup to scale up in two years. Those are just all paid PR articles. Like, like <laughs> you and I could get articles in those stupid magazines if we wanted to, Blake. Like, they're still paid. Like, it's 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 not like it's real coverage of anything, but but yeah, they they got an endorsement here. Or they said they're an official corporate partner of the Institute of Management Accountants. They're also a zero platinum partner. That's how that's one of the ways that uh, we know about them. Yeah, and they're so essentially what happens. We got this listener tip. You want to jump into that? Yeah. So this is an email we received transcribed to voice by AI. Hey Blake. Listener of the podcast with you and David and a big fan as I listen to it every week. Wanted to send this to you as an anonymous listener to avoid issues with the clients taken on. Recently I got a few leads stating that they have been let go from their previous accounting firm. Turns out Ossidan just recently closed down. Effectively immediately with practically no notice to their clients. They say it's due to the labor shortage but yet in the same letter they sent to clients state that they are giving zero refunds and will not be meeting any of their financial obligations. Both clients I've now taken on stated they have no idea whether even if their corporate extensions for their S-Core were filed as they have not gotten any communication from them for some time and now just got this letter last week. Without disclosing fees it sounds like they banked on somewhat low monthly fees to probably gain a decent market share to later maybe get enough momentum to slowly raise the fees. I thought it was odd given they are a platinum level firm with zero and I've seen their ads a number of times and I recall they were on a few news articles once or twice. Not to mention on LinkedIn they have what looked like a decent size firm of 25 plus employees so it's not a very small firm either. Whatever the case maybe I feel like there's more to this story given the many avenues this firm could have gone to better take care of their clients and transition out of the business. Who knows what comes up later on as time progresses. I attached the letter the clients got in the very abrupt email as well they send it via with the recipient email taken out. Thank you to our anonymous listener for sending us this. And David, you have the letter from yeah, Osiden. So I have the letter. I did share it on Twitter, and we can talk about some of the comments that listeners put on Twitter. But so their site, Osiden.us, is 100% down, completely pulled the plug on it. But I was able to use the Wayback Machine. Is it the Wayback Machine or Way, Way Back Machine? I don't know, but <laughs> it's from archive.org, right? It's part of yeah. the Smithsonian, right? And um, I was able to get some screenshots of their whole website. So they basically had prices were starting at 265 per month. And a lot of it in their FAQs, we're talking about how you have a dedicated person. They're always going to be there when you need an answer. Don't worry, you can log into this portal and see where your status of things are. But then obviously, it sounds like clients weren't communicated with at all. So then it's like, what's there even a portal? They didn't need this exist. These, these things I don't know. But it's a full-blown, um, and I'll go over to the letter here and read their letter. Should I read the whole letter? Yeah, why not? All right, and then you'll AI me to sound like a corporate <laughs> legal person or something? Perhaps. All right. So this is a, a letter that was written. It says, closure, and it has their letterhead, it has their logo. It says, closure of U.S. operations. To whom it may concern, it is sad and very disappointing that I have to inform you that due to labor shortages in the USA, Osiden will close our USA operations with immediate effect. All services and staff will be terminated and operations seized, which... I think they meant ceased. Ceased, right? And then people picked up on that word because that, that, that makes it seem like maybe something <laughs> illegal happened, right? Um, the USA expansion was a massive success. And we have built up a very healthy and fast-growing business in the USA. Due to the massive labor shortage in the USA, we have not been able to find or retain enough staff members to sustain our operations in the USA. Salaries have been spiking to record highs and have become unsustainable to accommodate our business model. 
To close a healthy company due to staff shortages is very disappointing, but we will unfortunately have no other choice. A detailed explanation of the impact of the labor shortage can be found in the link below. And they just linked to some article on the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. With the immediate cancellation of services and no further investments in our USA business, the company will no longer be able to meet any of its financial obligations and will not be able to afford any refunds or compensation to any possible creditors. If you have any queries, you can send an email to info at osiden.us, and this email will remain active. We'll also ask you to respect the fact that none of our staff members in the USA represent Osiden anymore, and they can no longer employees of the company. As they are no longer employees of the company. Company. We wish you the best of luck on your business journey going forward. And it's signed by the CEO. And this was sent, what, like last week? The week yeah, before? Wait, this, this is like, yeah, last eight days of tax season, basically. And their South African site is still active. So this is a South African firm that expanded to the US. And they're, I did the currency translation. They started about $200 US a month. Yeah, or their right. old website, I found an image right. was 265 a month. And yeah. they do everything, in theory. Like, yeah. we're going to do your taxes and your payroll. Like, it's a f- full suite, right? This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by Scrutinize. The month-end close can be stressful, causing quality reviews to sometimes fall by the wayside. There just isn't enough time to manually review all the data. But what if you could audit clients' books in seconds instead of hours? Scrutinize automates recurring financial reviews. Scrutinize connects to your QuickBooks or Zero file, then quickly scrutinizes the data by searching for dozens of common issues, audits the user activity, and analyzes transaction volumes. Whether fixing simple clerical errors, surfacing potential fraud, or uncovering deeper issues like process breakdowns, staff training gaps, or other apps running amok, Scrutinize helps your team drive the quality outcomes your clients depend on. You can even use Scrutinize to help you scope and price new clients by analyzing the monthly transaction volume and servicing areas of their books that will need attention. To request a demo and to start your 14-day free trial, head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.promo slash scrutinize. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash S-C-R-U-T-I-N-I-Z-E. So what are people saying on Twitter about this? Because you posted this letter on Twitter. Well, it's kind of like, I don't know, I'm, I'm stepping back and thinking about this. At one level, every single firm we know has a labor shortage right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know any firm that's like, oh, we got too much staff. Nobody. So every firm is suffering this. But you don't see other firms just telling their clients, tough shit, we're not doing your returns. So that's kind of one thing. And then the other thing is this game of, oh, tech's going to solve all these problems. Like in theory, if the, the tech's going to get rid of the labor. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying this in theory is like, this is their promise, right? This right, is what right. they're, they're banking on. And one of the responses, this is from Brett at Bretter every day on Twitter. <laughs> so he says, so the AI solves accounting scorecards, reads scale factor, big red X, Poseidon, big red X. And then he's like, where does botkeeper stand? You know, owning up ah. to AI at offshore labor and selling the firms instead of businesses. So there's, you know, people are starting to question this tech. Um, and, uh, Alan Douglas, CPA, he's a tax accountant, TAX accountant on Twitter. Just an extension of what's been happening and will continue to happen in the industry. All that other customer experience, sales, advisory, AI stuff is zero value if staff capacity isn't there to deliver timely, high-quality work, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And people were, you know, uh, it was funny, though, too. Like Somebody else was like, our prices were so low. We had huge growth and our compensation was so low <laughs> that we couldn't have any employees. Like, I'm shocked this came to this. They probably signed up a ton of clients. And then when it came to actually deliver the work, they didn't have the people. This happened with a, there was another firm that shut Visor. down. Visor. Visor. Remember? Yeah. Visor yeah. did the same thing. Yeah. And left people <laughs> hanging. And it, it's, and, and it's really a shame because let's say they, fine. Everybody's going to make mistakes. You have some issues with their business. But they could have partnered with other firms, right? Be like, hey, we're going to hand you off to this, to whoever it might be. Mm-hmm. And then they, they, but they really just sent this like tough shit letter, which just sucks if you would have got this. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what if you got this letter or an email this weekend? Yeah. Yeah. You can't just go get a new accountant right now. No, nobody's, nobody's really kind of taking on extra clients right now. Like, what are you supposed to do? But yeah, this happened. Well, 
Yeah. So, you know, there's some clients for the taking, I guess, although they're probably paying really low fees. So that's the problem too, right? It's not like uh, Sidon's done us any favors. Although if it's 200 a month, see, that's that's actually, I wonder what's included in their package. Because if it's $200 a month, you know, you could do you could do a tax return at the year end for that, perhaps. Depends yeah. on the kind of business. But anyway, let's keep going. We got some more listener mail. Here's a message from another listener. Your recent podcast talking about digits was hilarious slash great. I have spent the last week plus wondering what digits even is and how they managed to raise all this money. Glad I am not going crazy. Thank you, Trevor, for that. Now, some of our listeners also expressed their surprise that Digits is now a sponsor of the Cloud Accounting Podcast. And in case you're wondering, we are fairly open with our sponsorships. We don't, we don't say, oh, you can be a sponsor and you can't. You know, we're, we're capitalists and we'll take money. <laughs> we're, we're like an accounting firm, David. We will take any client that walks in the door. Uh, you know, every, every uh, ad dollar is a good ad dollar. And so, yeah, we happily... Uh, accepted Digits as a sponsor, um, which I'm kind of amazed that but, happened. But we separate. So with sponsorship for us, because every every day somebody will email me, be like, yeah, we want to sponsor the podcast. We want you to talk about this and we want you to put on our founder. And we don't do any paid episodes. No. So the the, the sponsorship's like a silo over here unrelated to the what we talk about on the show. And yes. we've said bad things about QuickBooks. They've sponsored. We said bad things about Sage. They've sponsored. We said bad things about Zero. They sponsored. Like that's just like it's. And to some extent, to be honest, even even I can go back to like Botkeeper, right? Botkeeper kind of got better because of it. It's right? true. It's true. Yeah. And, yeah, and made it better for everybody. So it's like there's not like a change in tone, right? Uh, the show's not really like we've gone out of our way not to do paid sponsorships of content, and and you know. We could be making so much more money if we were just willing to to do what our sponsors wanted, right? Just to say whatever anyone says. There's a lot of money out there and there's a lot of people. Oh, we doing could do that. we could do two episodes a week. We, yeah. Like, like it's our, <laughs> we, yeah. We can make a lot of money just charging yeah. apps that want us to promote their a podcast app, right? on what they say. Although this is a little awkward because before they sponsored, I scheduled an interview with Wayne Chang, the founder of Digits, because I was so interested. And so uh that was already on the books. Then they sponsored like the day before the interview. So I thought it was actually somebody pranking us. So I did the interview and that's coming out. So appearances. That's, for earmark, that's the Earmark podcast? Well, no, I think I'm going to put it out on this feed. So there's going to be a short interview with Wayne Chang. Oh, like a out. bonus episode. Just a bonus episode interview. Yes. Do it on this that, episode. Do it on this one? <laughs> At the, well, I, we'll see. Maybe right after. It'll be a bonus right, episode. Depends on right what to get edited. One. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, it wasn't paid for. It was already booked by their PR people. So, you know, I just want to be upfront with everybody. That's what it is. And I think I asked, you know, I try I did my best to ask hard questions. And like you said, David, well, I think what we say sometimes can be perceived as bad by PR or communications folks working at companies. But what I would say to that is we are critical and we say what we think and that is in the end more valuable to listeners and to the community than repeating your talking points. And we've heard directly from either VPs or founders of NetSuite, Intact, Zero, and QuickBooks. Yes, their PR people sometimes get upset on our coverage, <laughs> but but the leaders of those companies are like, keep doing it. It kind of keeps yeah. us honest. Like I think they it's that emperor's new clothes, right? I yeah. think these leaders don't want to hear everybody echoing how great they are. And we're well, just the, the smart ones, yeah. So that's that. We got one more listener voicemail. This is from Ray. Hey, Blake and David. Wanted to respond to the recent messages about M1 cash versus accrual tax and so on. Ah, it appears that the perspectives are just too narrow and limited. As every accounting major is well aware, there are three different lanes of accounting, US GAAP, managerial accounting, tax accounting. Each is a valid system with its own rules, and each has limitations, but each has opportunities to deliver lots of value. Most business owners are focused on managerial accounting. Investors and lenders focus on GAAP, as do most industry benchmarks and metrics, while the government focuses on tax. 
All right, so are tax returns merely a required annoyance of a, quote, overhead expense with no intrinsic value? Absolutely not. Proper tax compliance affords opportunities for maximizing deductions, adjustments, and credits. Over one's lifetime, taxes will most likely be the largest expense. Think about it. Add them up. Income taxes, sales taxes, fuel tax, property tax, payroll tax, etc. Proper tax compliance and tax planning results in real and significant cash savings. Conversely, half-baked or sloppy tax work leaves money on the table, or worse, it can cost lots of money. So go ahead, fill out the M1 wrong. If you get a notice from the IRS, you could have just given them the hook they need to audit the entire return. And most audits end up with a big tax bill. And don't forget about the penalties and interest that they'll tack on. And oh yeah, don't forget about the professional fees to represent you in the audit as well. So even if you end up with a no change letter, after the audit's done, it'll still most likely cost you a few thousand bucks just to get there. So avoid the notices, avoid the letters, avoid the intention, and do it right. If you're audited and have excellent records, the audit will go fast and easy. And the result should be no or at most a minimal tax due. So this is a great service to the clients that will save them money in the long run and enable them to not worry about this stuff so that they can focus on the more important work of running and growing their business. At our firm, we overlay these three concepts, gap, managerial, and tax, into the chart of accounts that's customized for each client. Then in zero, we customize the balance sheet the income statement, and other reports to meet the needs of the various consumers of the data. So we're getting these reports from the same source of the truth, single source of the truth. We ensure that each transaction is recorded properly throughout the year. We provide gap and managerial reports throughout the year. And then we coordinate and check the other non-income tax filings, sales and use, payroll, property, etc., to make sure it makes sense to the books. Then at the end of the year, we compile and file the income tax returns. We then cycle back any tax planning opportunities or ideas into the operations throughout the year. To do this bookkeeping, accounting, taxes, and CAS the right way is not easy. But when done right, it's a deep client relationship that goes on for many years and delivers lots of value. Thanks a lot to you guys and the show for helping in this effort. And that was Ray Ariano, CPA. Thank you so much, Ray. I love what he said there. And I love if I could summarize the point, which is, well, there's, there's sort of two points in there for me that really stick out. One is that the value in tax is in saving you money on the biggest expense throughout your whole life. Yeah, and it's funny, like for as long as I've been in this space, I've never heard anybody frame it that way. That's what stuck out to me, this concept of like taxes yeah. across the board for your entire life, across all the taxes you pay, is your number one expense. And notice how that has nothing to do, what he said has nothing to do with filling out a return or filing a return. It's all about maximizing your savings. And that is where, from a marketing and sales standpoint, a lot of firms fail. They focus on the mechanics of what we're doing. They're selling a tax return, but really what you're selling, the thing that creates value for your customer is not the return. It's not doing the return. It's this maximizing deductions, adjustments, and credits over a lifetime. And then the second part that I love is this idea that we're going to set up the books so that everybody gets what they need from the books. Management gets what they need. Tax gets what they need. It can be done, but unfortunately, most of the time it isn't. You have one person over here doing the books. You have one person over here doing the tax, and they don't talk except once a year. And that interaction is often incredibly inefficient because the books aren't set up so that the tax preparer gets what they need. And they could be. And that's why I think the single reason, the single biggest reason why firms are getting into CAS and seeing huge benefits from doing client accounting services or just what I call accounting 
for clients, bookkeeping, is that you've got everything you need when it comes time to file the tax return, at least from a number standpoint, from a trial balance standpoint, you have it. It's already done and you've broken the transactions down. You've, you've set up your chart of accounts so that it can flow into the tax return. And this is also one of the things I like about Zero is that you can actually do cash and accrual books in the zero at the same time. So if you want to use the accrual books for management purposes, you want to give a cash set of books to the tax team, you can do it and you don't have to like have separate systems. This is the way it needs to be. And it's not, it's not complicated. It just means communication. Yeah. And, and so you're selling the, you're, you're, you're not selling the, the science of the numbers behind the return. You're, you're selling the, the feeling of, Hey, over your life, we're going to save you 30 grand here. And over this, these moves we're going to make here are going to save you 60 grand over here. And, and yeah. it's the feeling you're giving from that. That takes a lot of effort to communicate that to a prospective client because you need to be able to prove it. So having case studies of customers where you've, or clients, whatever you like to call them, that you've worked with for a decade and you can actually quantify and give examples of how your firm has helped them and get a number. If you can, like try to find clients where over the lifetime of this client, we have saved them $100,000, a million dollars, whatever it is, because then your fees will be a fraction of that normally. But you'll also be able to raise your fees because you're putting your fee in the perspective of here's how much we're saving you. And it's not just we're doing a tax return for you. Yeah. This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by Digits. Digits is building accounting tools so powerful that you'll think they're from the future. In collaboration with hundreds of firms, Digits has been thought through and built from the ground up. Their latest project, Digit Reports, can generate all your clients' monthly reports all at the same time with just one click. These reports aren't your typical boring static PDF reports. They're beautiful, interactive, and alive with the latest data. Using Digits is easy. You just connect it to QuickBooks. About 24 hours later, all your data will be fully analyzed, then can begin generating reports, automatically create executive summaries, and start having those much-needed high-value advisory discussions with clients either face-to-face -face or using the built-in chat features. And in case Digit Reports isn't enough, Digits also offers Digit Search, which you can use to quickly find and navigate directly to transactions inside of QuickBooks Online. To learn more about Digits and sign up for free, head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.promo slash digits. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash D-I-G-I-T-S. Digits, finance from the future. So I, I didn't know how to bring this to the show, but I think you may have opened a door for me. Um, it, because I think about like fees and price. So I've been having some sciatic nerve problems, been going to physical therapy. And, you know, and I bought some off-the-shelf Sue Insert shirts from... Uh, what what kind? Dr. Scholl's, right? What kind? Of, oh, shoes. Shoe, oh, shoe are, inserts, right? Or, the, or This is your your feet are in pain? Well, it's not my feet aren't in pain, but I think my hips are misaligned. Oh. I'm, I'm like a mess, right? And um, so, long story short, last weekend I was over... Um, my son was getting his hair cut. A couple stores down is the Good Feet store. Do you know anything about this place? I've heard of it. That's about it. Okay. What what do you think would be the experience if I go into that place? What should it be? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, just your, well, what's your guess based on its good outside reputation? I don't know. You you go in, somebody greets you with a smile and asks you what you're in for. And then they do some sort of measurement of your feet and they fit you with custom insoles for your shoes. Yes. Custom, you assume it's custom insoles. Like you, you think it's that. So I go there and it feels like a doctor's office. So there's this high technical expertise feeling they, they put out, right? There's models of the foot and the tendons and muscles and all that kind of junk, right? Mm -hmm. They got doctors playing on TV screens and uh, testimonials from customers. And basically, you, you by the time I realized what it was, it was almost too late, right? This guy, they're just salespeople. They're not doctors. They didn't touch my foot. You think you would touch my foot, right? <laughs> I, I stood on some scammy ink blot, like like a thumbprint of my foot, some ink, uh -huh. and they literally get off the shelf inserts from the back room. So you're getting off the shelf inserts, but your impression is they're custom. <laughs> now, now here's the, this is what's been driving me crazy. The you know the accountants and they get so upset. Ah, oh, QuickBooks raised the price ten dollars, and like we can deal with it. 
off the shelf inserts. So I think like Dr. Scholl's or Walgreens for like 20 bucks, right? You can get decent inserts maybe from like the a running shop, 60 bucks, you know, 50 bucks mm-hmm. for some decent inserts, right? Arch supports, blah, blah, blah. How much do you think it costs to get their kit? So it's basically four. It's a set of four. Th- it's a set of three three inserts. There's like a, a trainer, a daily one, and then kind of one for slippers or dress shoes or whatever. How much, Blake, do you think this costs? And you're saying like a regular off the shelf would be what? 50 bucks? 60. 60? Uh, they're marking it up hundreds of dollars? $1,700. Oh my God. The Good Feet Store. Wow. But they don't let you leave. Like they'll sell you something. So I went up buying, I paid $150 for they're not as good one, quote unquote. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, but I still probably, I paid $150 for a $60 insert though. So they still got me. <laughs> right. But like, by the, but I had, I had to go through the whole experience because by the time I realized that it was just, it, they are a perfect sales operation. It's about that you only answer yes. Right. Mm hmm. Then they tell you what you're going to feel. And I was thinking about this for firms. I'm like, obviously, there's tons of margin, right? But how do you get that feeling and tiptoe people into the water? Is it just one app? Is it just like, hey, I'm going to put your employees on this timesheet app. Then you check, hey, how was your life? Is it easier this week? Right? It's kind of that that you don't try to sell them a huge package all at once. It's like this chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away. Now, the other thing I think that helps them, I think they're a big Medicare scam. Oh, so- so people get reimbursed. They get reimbursed. For- and and also the other advantage they have, but I think this is true for accounts and bookkeepers, right? People are, you're coming to them when you're desperate. Like right. you're not walking in that store unless you're having feet pain or back pain. Yeah. You're, you're right? barely walking in that store. Yeah. You're barely walking in that <laughs> store. So, but it's, it's, I just thought it was just, if accountants should actually just go and experience it. No, you're trying, it's just a sales job, Yeah. but just think it's, 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 there's an, there's an experience happening there. And it's like right there with sham. Wow. And knife sales guys, like they're really good. Yeah. Well, it, but, but it, they've got it down to a, a science and I'm not saying that you should make your firm be scammy like this, but it no. just shows like how the experience is letting them charge people $1,700 yeah. for $60 inserts. Right. A good sales and marketing operation can increase the value of something that otherwise off the shelf would be a fraction of the price. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. Hey, well, we've talked in the past, changing subjects here, we've talked in the past about private equity in public accounting. Eisner Amper took on a big private equity investment last year, split off the CPA firm. The PE firm is deeply invested now in consulting in a non-CPA consulting tax firm. Well, another one of the top firms in the country, a top 25 firm called Citroen Cooperman, disclosed that New Mountain Capital has acquired a majority interest in them. So this isn't Eisner Amper with a minority interest, which, well, they didn't disclose it, but I assume it's a minority interest. This is a majority interest in Citroen Cooperman, and they're going to do the same thing. They've are splitting off the attest practice into its own firm. And the non-attest side will be an LLC. So this is two out of two out of a hundred. Oh, and we've got your part-time controller is also a non-CPA firm in the top 100. So that's 3% right there that I'm aware of. And it's 1-800-ACCOUNTANT kind of the same as well? Yeah, as a non-CPA, non-CPA firm, firm yeah. providing accounting. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there's another one. I've got blockchain news, David. Crypto news. I'm a crypto skeptic. And here's some fuel for that fire. (laughs) This was in The Guardian. Man who paid $2.9 for NFT of Jack Dorsey's first tweet set to lose almost $2.9 Crypto (laughs) entrepreneur Sina Estavi made headlines in March 2021 when he paid $2.9 for an NFT of Twitter boss Jack Dorsey's first tweet. But his efforts to resell it have run aground with a top bid of just $6,800 as of Thursday. Oops. He put the NFT up on an exchange to try and sell it, an NFT marketplace called OpenSea last week. He was trying to sell it. He tried to ask a minimum of $48 million for it. And then that was removed after the first offers were in the low hundreds of dollars. 
he should, you know, pay a commission to the Goodfeet store people to sell it for him. <laughs> they, they'd be able to move it. Yeah. So this is amazing because I think it shows that the valuations of NFTs, which are from very few extremely wealthy people who are speculating, are not to be taken at face value. If one person is willing to pay $2.9 million for an NFT of a tweet, that doesn't mean that everybody is willing to pay that price. And you got to find another buyer to really establish a value for these things. And so far, most NFTs have just been rich people selling them to each other. So unless there's a broader market that develops, it's all imaginary money, right? It's imaginary value. And people, I believe, who are in the space, who are wealthy, who are trying to make money off of it, are deliberately this is my theory, selling these NFTs back and forth to try yeah, to create a, a market. Yeah, there's a market term for that. I heard on the uh, Planet Money podcast, and I, I'm not, it's not coming to me what that, it's a, it's a way to manipulate markets, but I'm not. Yeah, that's been around for a long time, yeah, right? Yeah. You agree with somebody else. We're going to buy and share, each, we're going to buy and sell each other's stock. This was something that people did during the Gilded Age, right? To or people just prices. buy and sell the same stock to create volume to right. get other people interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there's ways in regulated markets that we can stop that. And it's illegal. But in unregulated markets, it's possible to do it, right? So there you go. So I have an article I saw that um, it's from Wall Street Journal. It's the Google head of finance, quote unquote, anything that can be automated, we strive to automate. Right? And I've always known at Google in general, they've always had that mindset, automate everything. Now, obviously, this is rolling down into their finance department and their CFO. So it doesn't really say she's the CFO, Kristen Rinke head of finance at Google. So I'm assuming she's a CFO, but maybe they don't have that as the real complete title. And it's a Q&A style article, right? Like about dig your digitization strategy. The two big takeaways, there are three takeaways I have in here. One was, um, and this is something I think firms could do for when they hire in their departments, right? She said, they have a finance academy where they offer SQL training for those who want it. We try to give our talent all the tools that they need so they can focus on what the business needs. We're giving them access to business intelligence and machine learning tools so that they're not spending time on things that can be automated. So they're instead of like telling your employees, be more efficient, don't do this, like they kind of have an academy, they're training their employees, right? Mm -hmm. It'd be like having a Zapier class for your, you know, your team or something, right? So I, I thought that was kind of an interesting takeaway. The other one was just, I, I just thought was very entertaining and, and funny here. The, I kept with the asses. Is your finance team using Excel or a similar tool? Now, if this is the CFO at Google, <laughs> what do you think the answer to that she, question, no matter what, so, has to be publicly? So she's a, she's a VP, head of global finance. And yeah, that's an idiotic question. Because her answer we is ask. we use Google Sheets, right? Our finance team <laughs> loves spreadsheets. Right? Actually, I wonder, I wonder if they like secretly are using like Excel, but they have to say Google Sheets. That, that would be my guess. But regardless, like she has to say Google Sheets. Yeah. The funny thing is now you can open Excel files in Google Sheets. Right, they they did that a few few years ago. So now you can it doesn't matter, right? And then then the the Wall Street Journal reporter actually asked a great question: How many people work in your financial organization? And she replies, "We do not disclose the size of our teams within Google." So what this tells me, she doesn't have as much automation as she thinks she has. Because if she did, right. if she had a staff, a finance team that was like much smaller than companies the size of Google, she'd be bragging about it. Yeah. So the reporter just let her off the hook on that one, but I thought it was interesting. Yeah, it's always funny, like especially in technology companies, like when you actually experience what it's like to work with the finance department, even in our space, right? Like <laughs> you, you, you get paper checks. Oh, yeah, we've got like, paper. Oh. Like, I, I don't want to throw people, sponsors under the bus, <laughs> but, but some of the biggest cloud accounting companies send paper checks when they sponsor. Let's <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. Let's just I had it. There was a funny situation where, because we use uh, Earth Class Mail for our mailing address. I had to switch it because of this. So a check went to Earth Class Mail. And then I had to, I actually printed out the check image that they scanned for me. And then I used my phone to take a picture of the check to deposit it. <laughs> Which you can apparently get away with because, um, you know, nobody's, I don't know if anybody's actually like checking those check images at the bank. Probably just an exception reporting kind of thing. This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by Cinder. 
With direct connections to Amazon, Shopify, eBay, Stripe, Square, and 20 of the most popular online and e-commerce platforms, Cinder automatically categorizes and accurately posts transactions into the accounting system, allowing you to easily prepare your clients' data and organize their consolidated P&L regardless of the number of platforms they may be selling on. Cinder allows you to use the general ledger of your choice, QuickBooks, Xero, or even Cinder's own GL, which is designed specifically for e-commerce businesses and contains everything you need out of the box to make tax season a breeze. Cinder can sync all the necessary details like inventory items, tax, shipping, discounts, classes, and locations. It even correctly handles the processor fees. With tools like a duplicate detector and rollback functions, you can rest assured your client's books will never get messed up because you can undo and restore any synced data with literally one click. If you need support from Cinder, they offer free help using your favorite means of communication, be it chat, email, or phone. To try out Cinder for free, head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.promo slash Cinder. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash S-Y-N-D-E-R. So going back to cryptocurrency, here's a story in accounting today. This was as of April 6th when this uh, report published. Just 3% of U.S. cryptocurrency investors had filed their taxes by the end of March. By comparison, Americans overall have filed about 40% of individual returns expected this tax season. So at the end of March, overall, Americans, 40% had filed their individual returns. But just 3% of U.S. cryptocurrency investors had filed their taxes. So maybe that's an opportunity. That was from a report by Cointracker. I think if, if you're going to go after anybody who didn't do their taxes, right, as a firm, right, do some marketing after tax season, it's probably the crypto people. And they probably haven't done it for years. A lot of them have no idea that they have to report this kind of stuff. Oh, but I, 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 have you been following Tax Twitter? No. Oh, they want to strangle well, all I mean, the crypto I do, people. Like the crypto oh, yeah? people are, are arguing what they shouldn't should not do. They're arguing that they that there's no gain on the crypto. Like, I don't think anybody wants crypto people as clients. <laughs> the SEC is proposing new crypto rules for exchanges to protect users from hacks. Basically, the SEC said, this kind of surprised me. I didn't realize this was the case, that they weren't doing this. The SEC said that an exchange or company holding cryptographic key information for a user, meaning they have your key and they are the custodian of your key, they should account for those crypto assets as a liability at fair value of the crypto assets on their balance sheet and warn investors of the risks of safeguarding those assets. So uh, I guess exchanges have been not doing this. So they've been holding funds for their customers. And when when the exchange has the key, that means they're the custodian of those funds, right? They could actually, they could move the money. They haven't been putting on the, that on their balance sheet, like a bank would have to do, right? Like when you put money in the bank, right? That goes on the bank's balance sheet. But crypto exchanges haven't even been doing this basic thing. Uh, and of course, it will increase their liabilities and their assets, you know, significantly. I mean, if they have, if they've been keeping all that off balance sheet, and then this one's just for fun. We've talked about uh, Simu Liu, the Marvel superhero who starred in Shang Chi and the Legend of the Five Rings, or is it Ten Rings? Oh, yeah, I noticed he, he no. was bouncing around on the, the socials this week. Well, there was a story in Huffington Post, or is it just as it's called now, Huff Post? Marvel star Simu Liu thanks accounting firm for laying him off ten years ago. Yeah, I think he either it, tweeted or Instagram posted, but like like a decade yeah. later, he still like hated his job in accounting. <laughs> so Simu Liu, if you didn't know, he used to work at Deloitte Canada. He got a job there, uh, I think after he got his MBA and he worked there and got fired. He got laid off and it, it, the way he, I think he's still bitter about the way he got let off, laid off. Let me read this for you. 10 years ago to this day, I was led into my managing partner's office at Deloitte and told that they were terminating my employment effective immediately. A lady from HR and a security guard escorted me back onto the floor in front of the entire open concept office. It was so quiet, you could hear a pin drop. Nobody moved, offered a whisper of encouragement, or even looked in my direction. I fought back tears of humiliation, grabbed my things, and never looked back. And it goes on. The best part is he also he also uh, calls out by name the partner who fired him. <laughs> anyway, you know how many people have seen this? 
I don't know how many have seen it, but it was liked by 431,000 people. And he tags Deloitte in the post. Yeah, so, it's been floating around everywhere. And, th- and that's, like, it doesn't help, right? If, if you want to try to get younger people involved in accounting, when a Marvel superhero is out there saying, thank God I'm not an accountant. I, like, thank God I got <laughs> yeah, fired. Yeah. Like, it doesn't help the recruiting here. Can I read the rest of this? Yeah. 10 years ago, I thought my life was over. I had wasted countless time and money that my family had invested in me. Years of schooling, gifted programs, trying to live up to my parents' expectations. It all came crashing down in an instant. Every April 12th, I get really funny and introspective, but this is the 10-year marker, which means I'm really in my feels. I know some of you have read Gladwell, and man, was his prediction on point. 10 years or 10,000 hours, my goodness, what an incredible journey it's been. I spent four of those years running around like a headless chicken trying to figure out how to break into the industry, struggling with credit card debt and taking any job I could. Another three years were spent trying to break into Hollywood, sinking my precious life savings into something many would call a pipe dream. It's really only been these past three years that anything I've done has begun to bear fruit. I know luck has played a substantial role in my successes, but I'm sure if I hadn't been cast in two life-changing roles, I'd still find purpose and meaning in the pursuit of success on my own terms. Not my parents' definition, mine. I don't know who needs to hear this right now, but no amount of money is worth compromising your vision for yourself. The pursuit of a dream, your dream, against all odds, is what life is all about. Happy April 12th, Instagram. To Paul Gibbon and the offices of Deloitte Toronto, sincerely, honestly, thank you. You did for me what I never had the courage to do myself. You destroyed a life that I was building for someone else so that I could finally begin to build a life for me. It just shows like how deep this was rooted in him. Because it's a decade. he doesn't need to make a post like this. He's a big multimillionaire movie star. But the fact that this still weighs on him kind of is a testament of like, this is what our industry is offering people? That's kind of crazy. Dude, they humiliated him. Yeah. Can you imagine working your whole life to get to the big four? You got the job. You don't see it coming. They lay you off and they walk you out in front of everyone you know and you don't have friends outside of work right so though that's really those are all your friends too and you're gone it's over it's like they killed you professionally and that is what i hate about big firms and that is what i hate about corporate america it's inhuman it is dehumanizing and any company like that nobody should work for a company like that we they should not exist and I'm so glad that there is this talent shortage right now because it's forcing companies like that to reckon with what they've been doing, the way they've been treating people. And I know I said we get to the app news, but there's one more story that's related to this. Ongoing concern, uh, a tweet from Brandon Hall made going concern. Brandon Hall is a, uh, known as the real estate CPA, has a very fast-growing, successful firm, cloud accounting firm. He posted um, a response to a tweet by Ernst & Young. EY posted on April 12th, how can you turn resignation into retention? X next to pay perks and promotions. Check mark next to empathetic leadership. An EY study of greater than 1,000 US workers found a direct correlation between retention and workplace empathy. And then a link to the story. So EY is saying like, no, it's not pay perks and promotions. It's empathetic leadership, which is hilarious, right? Because I think anybody would tell you that like the empathetic leadership you get at the big four is <laughs> bullshit, right? Like they don't give a shit about you. They don't care about you. They just care about your numbers, right? That's what the business model has created is this monster of a public accounting firm. Anyway, Brandon said, RIP to the EY social team. If you're looking to work for a firm that pays well, offers perks, promotes people, and has empathetic leadership, slide into my DMs. And the best part of all of this is that EY then had to respond. They said, hi, Brandon. Thanks for calling this out. The aim of the post was to demonstrate the importance of empathetic leadership. It is now clear to us that the post didn't achieve that, so we have deleted it and are reviewing our social media messaging for this research. Looking after our people in every way is and always will be our top priority. (laughs) They get a little taste of Clue Train Manifesto. That's what that was. So this is the power of uh, social media and a talent shortage. I I hope, I don't know if the big four can be saved 
or if they just have to get torn down. But, yeah. but like, you know, this is going to change things. This is starting to change things. The fact that they responded is incredible. Yeah. They took down the post, you know? They did never respond anytime I tagged them in our our, our uh, episode releases ever. So who knows? Maybe one day they maybe they will now. Maybe they'll start reaching out. Maybe to one day. Should we jump into app news? Oh, oh, and by the way, I should say, um, subscribe to my earmark podcast, earmark accounting podcast, because Brandon Hall, I interviewed him last month, and that episode is gonna come out soon. So you get to learn about his approach to running a modern firm. I think he's in his early 30s, has built a successful growing firm. They had like 40, 50 people. Yeah, I don't think They're, he's working this weekend, actually. Yeah, no. Yeah, so like, you want to know how it's done? Subscribe to the Earmark Accounting Podcast, listen to that interview. I thought I, 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 it was fascinating. Okay, app news, we got time for... <laughs> yeah, we're already... We we're should already jump like, into app news. No, let's knock it out. All right, what really quick do we have? What's the best? So some companies are trying to make it better for their employees. So there was a leaked memo or leaked email. Intuit has given most of the MailChimp employees a 10% raise, but morale still remains low because people are quitting <laughs> and employees feel belittled. So just to rewind. Where, where was this Where was this reported? This was uh, in Insider. Insider, business. Okay, Insider. And so they essentially, if you kind of rewind and they put yourself in the shoes of a MailChimp employee. MailChimp employees never got any ownership of the company MailChimp. No equity. They're founders. Always sold them on the idea, we will never sell this company. They used to give them big old cash bonuses, but the owners owned everything. Then these owners sell MailChimp to Intuit for $12 billion. Each founder, there's two founders of MailChimp, basically both pocketed $4 million each. Five, five million, I'm sorry, $4 billion each. right? Maybe $5 billion each. And so employees have just been like really turned off to this whole idea. And then obviously, you know, the culture is probably a little bit different, right? MailChimp culture, it's just different. Mm -hmm. And now you're starting to get people leaving and they're getting higher turnover since the sale of Two Intuit. People that have been there four or five years at MailChimp, executives, leading engineers, they're starting to leave. And so Intuit just gave a flat out off cycle raise to all 1,300 employees, a 10% raise this month. Yeah, but that's not going to fix the bigger problem, which is that the MailChimp culture was quirky, different. That's why they could get away with not offering equity. You have to offer some people something else if you don't give them equity. But now that they've been sold to Intuit, which yeah, Intuit's a wonderful company that makes amazing products, but also it's a big corporate entity. It's going to feel very different and the cultures aren't going to align, right? And, and the, you know, if getting Intuit stock is great, but it's a long-term great. Right. And if you're used to having like quick cash coming in, you're not going to get that from Intuit stock. Right. In your stock purchase plan. If anything, you got to at least wait every quarter, or every six months to exercise that. Mm-hmm. So there, there's that. But in general, this article also has some other, other quotes. So Moshi Levin, oh, I'm sorry, Mosh, Moshi Letevin, L E T T V I N, a principal engineer who had a bit been at MailChimp for four years, announced he was leaving December after what he described as a comically bad acquisition. Um, this looks like a, his tweet. Basically, every staff engineer I can think of has left, bar one who said he can't risk it because of a family situation. Well, and in this job market, if you're an engineer, if you're a software engineer, you're like a tax manager. You can get any job you want anywhere. Yeah. And apparently they did an all hands where Alex Chris uh, did an all hands with the MailChimp employees. And then they, after that meeting, um, a week after they announced they were going to do this 10% salary bump for them. Uh, because if not, they would have probably put it on the normal Intuit schedule, which would have been in August, mm-hmm. the, the, the cycle Intuit uses. Um, and this is just so stupid. I'm sorry. I, I just got a rant on this. Yeah. Because the founders made so much money, like $4 billion. It's, it's, it's more than any reasonable person can ever spend. And all they had to do to keep these employees happy was to give them a small piece of the action on this deal. Yeah, and, and I'm surprised Intuit didn't make that a requirement as part of the acquisition. Yeah. Intuit could have just, twisted arms on that. Just, to make dude, sure. just, just give them all a million dollars each. And you I mean, still have $4 billion each in your pocket. Yeah, I know. It, it, yeah. It's, it's just insane. And then actually, it's Intuit's fault. Intuit should have twisted their arm and said, no, you got to... I know your employees don't have ownership, but you need to cut them checks when we write yeah. you a check or we're not going to do the deal. Intuit should have twisted their arm more on this. Expensify did this right. When they went public 
they gave additional options to everyone at the company. So even the people who hadn't been there for a while are now incentivized to stay for five years. And they gave them a big chunk. So it's like, as long as you stay here and you hit our goals, as, and we hit our goals as a public company, you're going to be millionaires. Yeah. And, and that's what and, you got to do. Obviously, I was in two a very long time. And, and my wife was in the HR benefits type insurance space. Like benefits into it mm-hmm. are like some of the best you get in the world. Like it's amazing, amazing. But you have to put yourself in like the, the shoes of those MailChimp employees. They're just like, we were lied to by our founders. Yeah. And the founders yeah. got billions of dollars and we got nothing. Yep. And, and, and it's not saying that Intuit's not nothing. It's just that's what they're comparing it to. And Intuit has a problem now. Intuit has a problem yeah. on their hands because of this. Well, David, there's more that we could talk about. As always, I've got you know 20 more stories in my queue. But that's all our time for this week, and I think they can wait. So in the meantime, if our listeners want to comment on any of these stories, send me a voicemail, send me an email, blake at blakeoliver.com. We love hearing from our listeners. We love your voicemails. We listen to all of them. And I don't think we've ever not played one on the air. So you have a very good shot at being famous on the Cloud Accounting Podcast. (laughs) Or shut Uh, down your firm. (laughs) Shut down your firm without notice. You'll get on the podcast. You'll get on it. Send a letter. Uh, David, where can people reach you online? I'm on all the socials, just at David Leary. I am at Blake T. Oliver. David, I hope the rest of the tournament goes well. Good luck to yeah, your daughter I, I and her on, team. I got a text. They won. So they're playing right now again, a wow. second game. So hopefully I can get over there before it's over. So I'm going to right. do a quick one-mile walk and uh, hopefully get there. Run. Yes. Oh, wait. You can't run. You've got the sciatic thing. But I got the inserts, though. You got the inserts. So use those inserts. All right, David. All talk right. to you later. Bye. Wow. What a great episode. And wouldn't it be great if you could earn CPE credit for that? Now you can. Visit earmarkcpe.com to sign up for free and earn free CPE credit for listening to this show. That's earmarkcpe.com. Time for the classifieds. If you're looking to quickly grow a scalable, systematic seven-figure accounting firm without having to work 50-plus hours per week, check out Ryan Lazanis' online coaching membership, Future Firm Accelerate. Sign around Ryan's experience taking his cloud firm from scratch to sale so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You'll get online learning and topics that help you automate and systemize all aspects of your firm. You'll get coaching when you need help with implementation. And you'll also join a collaborative community of hundreds of other forward-thinking firm owners. For more details, head over to www.futurefirmaccelerate.com. Tired of clients not remembering to get W9s? Get W9 automates and streamlines the collection and storage of W9s. Get W9 has a QBO integration, and they have a partner program that pays 25% commissions. Get W9 plans start at only $19 a year. Visit getw9.tax today to get started. That is getw9.tax. Are you still using emails to exchange sensitive files with your clients? Maybe you're using that old, complicated client portal that's painful to work with. Stop suffering and start using FirmStuff. Firmsta is an innovative and secure client portal designed to help your accounting firm work more efficiently with your clients. With Firmsta's intuitive interface, you will quickly add your clients, easily create folders, and securely share files in no time. Firmsta also allows you to add your staff members so that you can access all your clients' information and collaborate effectively. Start your free 60-day trial now at firmsta.com. You'll love it or it's free. That's firmsta.com. Hey, podcast listeners, it's Blake, and I wanted to let you know about a new show I'm working on with CPA slash comedian Greg Kite and blogger slash former CPA Caleb Newquist. It's called Oh My Fraud, and it's a podcast all about financial crimes. That's right, a true crime podcast for accountants by accountants. Caleb and Greg are going to come together every couple weeks to unpack their favorite frauds and explore the circumstances, psychology, and interpersonal dynamics involved. They also fully indulge in victim-blaming the defrauded widows, orphans, infirm, and feeble-minded, because who can resist? If you fancy yourself a trusted advisor, or prefer your true crime with spreadsheets instead of corpses, listen to this show to learn what to watch out for and to keep your clients, your firm, and even yourself safe. To subscribe, go to ohmyfraud.com or search Oh My Fraud on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to get the word out about your newsletter, webinar, party, Facebook group, podcast, ebook, job posting, or that fancy Excel macro you just created? Why not let the listeners of the Cloud Accounting Podcast know by running a classified ad? Hit the show notes for the link to get more info. Here's a message from another listener. The recent podcast talking about digits was hilarious slash great. Did that sound really weird to you, David? It's horrible. <laughs> like, okay. like, is it Inside Edition? Like, what is this? Let's try this again. The recent podcast talking about digits was it's gonna, Is somebody threatening to murder us? I don't know. This is a weird Zencaster thing. I'm just going to read gonna it. You're going to have to leave this in the outtake <laughs> till at the end. It's pretty funny. Uh.